0: Hello and welcome to Perfectly Paranormal, episode 40. My name's Anna Schmidt and I'm here every week to share with you true paranormal encounters and information about devils, demons and dark energy beings that no one else talks about and today we're talking with Brandy Van, a spiritual medium and psychic abilities mentor. And Brandy has some interesting paranormal experiences to share with us, and also opening our eyes to the spiritual and paranormal world from a spiritual medium's perspective. So welcome, Brandy. It is great to have you here with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and hello to all the listeners out there. I love your work
0: here, thank you so much for having me. So Brandy, I would really love to know, and our listeners would love to know, when did you start on your spiritual journey? When did you start seeing spirits, hearing spirits, how do you actually recognize that they're in a space, and what led you to doing the work that you're doing now as a spiritual medium?
1: Yeah, sure. So. Uh, Well, I didn't really have a choice. So I was a young child and my journey was just my life. Uh, You know, I was seeing spirits all the time. I was hearing them and I tended to just ignore them because I didn't understand what was going on. I was afraid to tell people what was happening because they might think I was crazy or I was making it up. So I ignored it for years and years um, until I couldn't ignore it anymore. So I was, um like, I was, like, 20 or 20, and my grandma, had she was passing away. So we were, like, my family was all in the hospice room, and we were all crying, and we were holding hands as she took her last breath. And as she took her last breath, I felt like a magnet in my stomach, and it had me, like, look above the bed. And I realized in that moment, I am feeling her spirit raise out of her physical body, and it's going above the bed. And everyone's looking down at her and I'm looking above the bed and I'm seeing these most like magnificent, brilliant colors. They were so bright and they were forming a star and pulsing in and out like a heartbeat. And I realized in that moment, you know, she's at peace. Her body's there, but her spirit's now up in the spirit world. I knew her angels were there to invite her into the spirit world. And it was so profound. It's, it's so hard for me to say to, even explain in words what I was feeling, it was so profound that I actually left the room and my cousins came out to get me. They thought I was sad that I couldn't handle what was going on. And it took me even years after that to tell them what I had experienced because, you know, in that moment, they're all upset and they're already grieving. And here I am like having this amazing experience. I almost felt guilty about it. And I just felt that my grandma wanted me to see that. And and she she showed me that. And with that, I felt like this surge of confidence and her support in, you have to do this, you have this ability, it's not a fearful thing, it's not something to be afraid of, it's really beautiful, and, then, and that's what got me on my journey. So it was just amazing.
0: Ah, interesting. Our internet connection is unstable. This quite often happens when people are talking about spiritual things. We get these unstable internet connections. Tell us more. I would love to hear more about your journey. Yes, that makes
1: sense. Sure. So once I started on my journey, um, I realized, you know, I'm reading books. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm watching TV shows. But, like, I wasn't able to – I wasn't doing anything to, you know, set the boundary with spirit, to control the ability – so I found a mentor and it took me years to find because they just like don't exist, which don't, I don't know why, but once I found my mentor within like six to eight months, I would say my, my abilities just like skyrocketed. I was able to contact spirit on demand. I was able to put my boundaries up so that they only bothered me when I wanted them to, instead of just like coming in anytime. Um, and then I was able to do the mediumship readings for people. Uh, But, you know, if I were to sit there and talk to dead people all day, I wouldn't really like my life very much. So I was like, I can't do this full time. But what I can do is I can be that mentor for other people so that they don't feel like they're crazy. And so that they have someone that says, hey, I've been there. I've done this. And I was I didn't know how to work it. Like you're exercising this psychic muscle, your third eye. If no one can tell you how to work out that muscle. you, You don't get anywhere. So now I'm just like that's like my passion and my mission to help other people because I can I have that ability I'm able to help them you know develop their abilities and I just
0: love it so much so what do you do with skeptics I find I have a lot of skeptics because I work primarily I mean I work with the higher vibrational beings but I also work with the dark and the demonic level energies because that's part of the work I do as a house clearer I find a lot of people are Totally skeptical about spiritual abilities, about psychic abilities, about the house clearing work, about mediumship. I feel that people do you do you think that people are afraid or they they don't want to acknowledge it or it challenges their perspectives on life?
1: Sure. I think all three of those things. So I think if you have the wrong like if you have a misconception about it, you do think it's fearful. But even if you just set your intention that only spirits of the highest realm and the highest good are able to communicate, then you don't have negative spirits. It's really like in our mind what's scary from like movies. They tell us a black figure is scary or a gray smog. So automatically you start thinking it's scary. But unless you like talk or communicate to that spirit, I mean, maybe your grandma's wearing a, a gray cloak that day or a black dress. Like you don't know until <laughs> so you actually talk to it. So. I mean, I've only ever had one scary experience. And ever since then, when I when knew how to control my ability, I've never had anything negative happen again. But with the skeptics, you know, I always go back to like 100 years ago, if someone would have said we have the internet or we're going to have cell phones and be able to contact people, they probably would have thought that person was a witch, that they were crazy, and that that would have never happened. So even right now, there's scientists working with psychics and mediums to see what's going on in our brains when we're able to communicate. So there's already research going on. And my last thing with skeptics is I always say, you don't know what someone else's subjective experience is. So, you know, two people can be on a roller coaster. One person screaming out of fear. The other person screaming out of, I love this. But by looking at them, you would never know who's who because you don't ever know what someone else is experiencing. So no one can tell me that I'm not experiencing you're going to up, I know 100% fact that
0: I am. Yeah, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And I actually like the challenge of skeptics. I love working for them because after the work is done, especially on a home or a property or a person, they, their body feels the difference. Their energy feels the difference, but their mind can't cope with it. So I just feel that it plants the seed. That there is another perspective out there. When you're working with your students, how do you explain to them that spirits communicate with you? Do you see them, hear them, feel them, know they're there? Do they touch? Do you get a taste? What is it about your psychic abilities? What is that radar? I call it, mine is the paranormal radar for the darker beings. What are your signs and symptoms that you have when spirits want to communicate with you personally? Or when you're working with a group of clients or a personal client?
1: Sure. So me personally, I am clairvoyant. So that means that I see images, visions, symbols, or like a home video. I'm not seeing it externally. I'm seeing it in my mind. And I'm also clairaudient So I hear them. But I hear them in my voice, but it's not my thought. So imagine like being 10 years old and you're hearing things in your head and it's not your thought, right? So you think you're a little crazy, but, but everyone's different. So everyone has a different Clair sense. So, you know, I might hear them when someone else might just feel them, or they might just have a knowing of it, or they might smell it. You know, it's, everybody has their own unique ability. So in my program, I really teach them to figure out which one theirs is, and then run with that. They can always learn the other ones later. Maybe sometimes you can't learn some of them, Um, but yeah, run with that first and whatever works for them. Um, And that seems to, to be the best way to do it because everybody is a little bit different on how they can get those messages.
0: I always find that I feel the presence of something that you can't see, but I find that some spirits or the darker energy beings will actually use the home video in the mind. Or I'll actually see it when I'm talking to a client. I'll actually see the movie at the same time that I'm talking to the client. Sometimes I see words. Sometimes I hear words. Sometimes I know words are being presented or numbers because I work a lot with numbers. But I'm not actually hearing the numbers or seeing them written down. It's so diverse when you do this work. But what I find is when you open yourself up to the possibility that it is real and believe in it, They're going to tap into you whichever way works. Because I find spirits use particular methods. The lower vibrational beings will use other methods. Do you get a lot? I just heard the word dreams. Do you need to talk about your dreams and spirits communicate through your dreams?
1: Oh, for sure. I have the most vivid dreams and they're actually so real that I'll wake up and like three days later I have to think wait was that a dream or did that really happen because they are so real that I'm like I sometimes it's a little scary how the realities mix together (laughs) because they are so vivid um I'm also uh, I'm also a lucid dreamer which means that I am able to notice when I'm in the dream and then I can turn my consciousness on so I can say uh brandy wake up or I can say I'm going to change this dream and so all of a sudden then I'll be like fly and I'll go up to the sky and I'll fly or I'll be like come back down and do front flips you know like and your mind is saying like you can't do a flip but then the other side of your mind is saying but I'm dreaming, I can do anything I want you know that you really have to practice and learn but oh once you get there like it, it's it's just so awesome I love
0: it that is so good so could you tell us about some of your other memorable I'll call them paranormal experiences, but we can call them spiritual or spirit experiences. I would really love, I love hearing people's real life experiences, things that have stuck in their mind for years. Absolutely.
1: When I was working with my mentor, I found out that I am a descendant of witches. And my great grandma was a witch and a lot of my family has psychic abilities, which I didn't know about. until so I started my journey and they started telling me. Um, so I went to... Salem Mass, and um, that's where all the witches are right so this was even before I had developed my psychic abilities and oh I had so many experiences there so apparently all the witches in my ancestry line have been bad witches and I'm the first one to try to do good so I have that like kind of battle with my ancestors going on but when I went to Salem I was seeing orbs with my naked eye, like wasn't even in a camera, which is when you usually see an orb, I was seeing them with my naked eye. I went to a seance. And you know, a lot of people think that seances are negative and scary. And I had the most emotional experience, I was able to contact my grandma, it was as though she was sitting right next to me. I mean, I was crying, it was a very emotional experience. So yeah, Salem, Massachusetts was I have to get back there again, because so much happened to me while I was there. Um, And another one that I definitely think of a lot is anytime I visit, um, I'm in Philadelphia and there is a place down by the airport called Fort Mifflin. And it's where Revolutionary War soldiers had their fort and where they would, you know, have their families live there and everything. And every time I go there, when I get to a certain area, I get like eye issues. And I learned on one of the tours that they all would like, passed away or had these really bi issues so i was feeling that and then the one time that really sticks out is i was leaving the tour and i was in the parking lot and all of a sudden i saw a full body apparition and it was walking right across me and now my husband is with me and he's a skeptic so he sees it and i see it and i'm like do you see what i'm seeing and he's like yeah do you see what i'm seeing and so i hurry up and turn around and there's nobody around there's this is an apparition. Well, I love it. So I'm like running around with my flashlight, like, is that what, like, to prove that it's an apparition? And then he's like, "Let's get out of here." He was so freaked out. Well, I ran back to the tour guide. and was like, and, and he actually said, even though you were in the parking lot, that used to be a building where the soldiers would go back and forth so that they would protect the area. And so he like did, wasn't surprised at all that I saw this apparition. And then when I went back to the car, I saw it one more time. And the whole ride home, my husband's driving and like walking in the backseat of the car. And I'm like, he did not come home with us 300 years. He has no interest in coming home with us. And he won't ever go back again, even though he's a skeptic. He doesn't know, he can't explain what it was, but he uh, he knew something happened, right? So, But those are some of my favorite paranormal things. I did have one dark experience. And this was when I was about 17. And I didn't know, I was just dabbling. I was playing with the Ouija board, not knowing what I was doing. And my friends and I, we had just had a pool party and we were walking through the woods and we were going to this pizza place. So there was like a path that we were going on. All of a sudden, we heard something growl at us. And so your mind thinks there's an animal. And my friends, two guys, mind you, run out of the woods and leave me there. Well, I was pushed into the brush. And I look up and I see like a half black, half white figure in front of me. And I'm thinking like, this is not an animal. Is this someone wearing a mask? Like, am I going to be attacked? So I was able, luckily, to get up and run. And I ran back to my house and I called the cops. Because at that time, I didn't know what it was. So the cops went back and they were like, nothing's there. And, you know, you start thinking like, if it was an animal, it would have chased me. Why would it have stopped? And it didn't look like an animal, but why would, like, you know, someone be back in the woods just in case some kids walk to the pizza place in the middle of the night? Like, it didn't make sense until years later. I realized, oh my gosh, like I was playing with this ability. I had no idea I brought something negative into my life, and that was a demon.
0: Now, I quite often find, because I've been like yourself, I've been like this all my life, and I'm 55, so I've probably got another 20 years on you, (laughs) age-wise, I'm still here doing the work, is that sometimes lower vibrational beings, they will pick up on the energy of energy workers. And I don't quite know how they do it, whether our aura shines brighter, whether we're pumping out a different vibration. You walking past that particular location may have challenged or slightly threatened some energy being that was there, doing whatever it's doing. You're not interested in it, but you're simply just walking past there as you, but it senses the psychic, the the mediumship skills that you have, and they can sometimes feel quite threatened themselves. So it will make its presence known. I find quite often they use physical means and they will they will try to frighten us but people like you and me we just we just want to know more like I just want to know more and more yeah. and more about the dark energy beings and séances is something that I wanted to to talk about is that I always say to people now this is a very general term is to be aware of séances and using Ouija boards and it's not that I'm Putting them down. It's just that when people who are vulnerable or they've got mental or emotional health issues or they've got addictions, they're in a lower vibrational state when they go to these events. And that makes them a target energetically for paranormal beings. Because when people want to connect with something out there, you're not always going to get grandma or your mom or your dad or, or Uncle Fred. There's always the higher vibrational beings present, but there's also always the lower vibrational beings present, and they will pick their target. Somehow they read our energy and know the people that are vulnerable, and then they're the people that can sometimes, this is just a sometimes, come away from, going to seances, or using Ouija boards with other experiences or or energetic beings attached to them. But it's purely because of that person's vulnerabilities. It's not the actual event of getting together with people to do the activity. It's that individual person's trauma, their life experiences, where they're at in their life, that can sometimes make them vulnerable. Do you agree with that? Do you find that that sounds, does that sound reasonable? Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And to your point, so when, when you are psychic or when you do have these abilities, just like we're seeing spirit, they're also seeing us. So we do. We're like a big white light. And especially if something's negative, of course, they don't want the white light there. So of course, they're going to psychically attack you as so a term. Yes. Yeah, the, the problem with that is that someone doesn't know if they're low vibration. So they might go to the reading or they might go to the seance not knowing that. And so it's really important to, and if I can share with the audience, just to protect your energy, just envision a white light around you and just have that white light be your protection and really believe it, see it, feel it, know it's there. So even if you aren't low vibration, or if you are, you're still protecting your energy just just in case Uh, because you wouldn't want something to happen that, you know, that you might not want to have happen.
0: (laughs) No, no, that's right. I used to work as a paranormal tour guide at a location here yeah. in Tasmania. I loved it. I absolutely loved being there. But after about 18 months, the spirits at this location because it was a mental health facility, there was a lot of spirits there that were they were sad, they were depressed, they were lonely. Some I helped transition, some didn't want to go for their own reasons. But they would come to my house all the time and talk to me, which is okay because I'm I'm a fully fledged paranormal addict. So I do this 24-7. It's just, just my lifestyle. But they were saying to me, we don't want you there. This is not for you. The realm of paranormal investigation is very different to the work that you and I do as energy workers. And the spirits were starting to show me negative things that happened to them while they were in this location, because it was a mental health facility from back in the 1800s. Not a lot of people have seen what they've shown me. And for me to then continue going there, they just said to me, basically, paranormal investigation is not the approach for you. I was a little bit sad giving that up because I really, really loved being there. But they were just saying to me, no, we don't want you here. And I always listen. If a spirit or, or a low vibrational being is telling you something, it's because they, they want you to know their side of things. Do you find that you get some really unusual, strange, weird, wacky messages from spirits? No? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: They're always like very straightforward they're always like high vibrational
0: uplifting Hel- yeah helping people that's okay because like- i'm very much attached to the lower vibrational beings because that's just where yeah. my energy goes this is where i've always been interested in doing this work but i'd never owned it because people tell you it's mm. bad you know it's bad no you shouldn't be yeah. doing that it's bad and i'm actually like no they're energy beings of a lower vibrational. They're there for a reason. They teach us a lot about mm-hmm. ourselves. It's a fascinating world. Like it's never ending. Do you feel that you're always learning something new from the work that you do?
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's why I love it so much because I feel like I, I will never stop learning. There is so much to this. I mean, it, think about it. It's a whole other realm. It's a whole other dimension. Like there's so much to learn from it. So it's just amazing to see my clients and how they transform. And then they give me ideas and I'm like, I never thought of that. Let me like, add yeah, that to the program. Like, I'm just learning from other people. I'm learning from spirit. Like, it just fascinates me. I just love it so much. Absolutely.
0: As we're about to finish up with our interview, would you like to tell people about your mentor program?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm doing it over Zoom because that's just how the pandemic went, right? So it's a lot easier. And I find that it works better because you're really in the comfort of your own home, where you're most likely going to be connecting with spirit anyway. But it's a three-month program. And I really go through the A to Z of what people need to do. And it's great to see people who are like, I think I have an ability But then at the end of the program, they are on their way, they have accelerated, they've empowered themselves, they're not afraid to talk about it anymore. They're doing things that I never even did, and now they're doing it. And so I love watching that transformation. Biggest thing is people have a lot of self-doubt. And so when you don't trust your intuition, or you're not trusting that spirit, you know, your ego is getting in the way, your rational mind is telling you, you can't do this, this isn't real. And that's a huge thing that people need to overcome while they're in the program, because When your inner critic gets louder, that's when you need to really push through because see it as your best friend that's encouraging you versus something negative. So I really have to be like their cheerleader and tell them like, no, you're meant to be a light worker. You're meant to help the world and I'm going to get them there. So I I just love it so much.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I always say to people, just because you can't see something and tangibly touch it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, absolutely. I know. When I work, even on a long distance home, I worked on a home in Florence, Italy. And I mean, I'm in Tasmania, which is way, way, way at the bottom of the world. When people feel a tangible difference, energetically, physically, mentally, and emotionally, after the energy work's been done, they then go, oh my God, this is real. It is real. Mm -hmm. you You just need to keep plugging away with the message that psychic abilities are real. They are viable. They are necessary to navigate this world that's around us. That's really, really important. I just, keep, I just keep on with my message all the time. So Brandy, how can people get in contact with you to learn more about your mentor program?
1: Sure. So uh, my website is brandyvan.com. That's Brandy with an I. And if they want to book a discovery call, I would love to hear about their experiences and see if they're a good fit for the program. So yeah, that's really the best way that they can get a hold of me.
0: That's wonderful. And I really want to thank you for coming on Perfectly Paranormal today. I have loved meeting you and loved hearing about what you do as a spiritual medium. And of course, all your wonderful paranormal stories.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really love this conversation.
0: Thanks, Brandy. So in episode 41, we're talking smudging sage crystals. And the false sense of paranormal protection people get from these practices. And I share what they are good for and why they simply don't work in regards to removing paranormal beings from people, homes, and other places. So tune in to get the lowdown on dark energy beings' thoughts about burning sage as a cleansing tool. So thank you for joining me today. And don't forget, if you wanna share a paranormal experience, just with myself, or you would like me to share one of your experiences through my podcast, you can do a voice recording, or you can write out your experience and I will read it exactly as you have written. You can email me at spiritualbeing44 at gmail.com. And for information on paranormal house clearing, you can visit my website, spiritualbeing You will find the address in the description box. And I look forward to sharing this spooky space again with you next week. And remember, life is perfectly paranormal.